Omicron cases continue to just explode here in the Northeast, but they are also peaking now in South Africa, and that could actually be a very good sign indeed. Meanwhile, build back later. Biden's signature legislation won't pass this year if it even passes at all now. And Love Hate 8 featuring my personal holy grail of soda. Friday <laughs> needs to know. Let's go. Good talk, everybody. This is Cheddar's Need to Know podcast for December 17th. I'm Carlo Versano here, as usual, with the big man. What's up, big Happy Friday, uh, Carlo Versano. To you, we made it the weekend right on the horizon. Happy National Maple Syrup Day to you. Happy National Ugly Christmas Sweater Day uh, as well to our audience. Remember, don't forget, Carlo, before the holidays, we've already decided we're doing this show uh, one day with an ugly Christmas sweater. Remember that. Okay, somebody remind me. We'll have to do that next uh, <laughs> next week. I'll have to get one. I don't think I have one handy. By the way, did I tell you the other? You know how we were? Compl- I was complaining the other day about how uh, I hadn't done any Christmas shopping and it right, was too late. Right. Started. So I, well, yes, I did start. And the first, this literally the first thing that I purchased stolen right off my stoop. No way. <laughs> oh my God. Okay, so Christmas first. eight days away. Your first gift needs to be like a ring camera now as a result of this. I can't even believe it. I got my dad this uh, funny shirt that I found on eBay, and now uh, somebody that somebody in so my neighborhood. Sad. If I see if I see somebody walking around with this yes. shirt, I'm gonna know. Um, you know, it's so funny. I had got one of those uh, those cameras, those doorbell cameras for my house, and I originally thought like this is so dumb. I can't believe I have this, and now I check it every five seconds, literally, because I'm really? like, oh, an animal might be outside. Oh, my husband's taking the dog out. Oh, there might be a package. Oh, somebody else might be driving in my driveway. Like you become obsessed with it. It's crazy. Yeah, I I, I guess I can't do that because I'm in like a, a little rental over here. If right, I own my right. own house, I definitely would. But I've I've, I've started my own uh, investigation with the USPS. Uh, Talked to the mailman. He's going to keep his eye out. So I'll keep you guys. Posted. <laughs> He's going to keep his eye out for anybody wearing the shirt. Did the shirt say anything? In, in, Interesting, by the way. Yeah, it was a um, it was a, a picture of a dog in a uh, tie sitting behind a desk, and it says, uh, "I'm not unemployed. I'm a consultant." Oh, <laughs> My dad's a consultant. Isn't that Interesting. Funny? So, okay, yes. Now, everybody, if you're in the New York area, keep an eye out for this yeah, uh, the consultant shirt. shirt. Yes, you email us need to know at chatter.com. Uh, Carla, <laughs> we have a lot to dive into on this Friday, and we have to start obviously with the big stuff with Omicron. The national caseload now back up to 120,000 new coronavirus cases a day in this country. That is a 40% jump just over the last two weeks with places right here in New York City seeing test positivity double just in the last three days. Dr. Fauci says he's certain Omicron will soon overtake Delta as the dominant COVID strain in the U.S., though there's also some worry that both variants could circulate simultaneously. Uh, the mayor here in New York City, Bill de Blasio, saying Omicron is here in New York City and all of us now I think if you if unless you know somebody in New York City knows now somebody that has tested positive for the virus it's really sort of hearkening back to early days of 2020 it feels like in this city right now Carlo Uh, I had um, a woman in my elevator lobby uh, tell everybody in the elevator lobby yesterday not to get in the elevator with her because she had just tested positive for COVID and then tomorrow I was supposed to go have dinner with friends uh, and both of them had breakthrough infections, both of them testing positive for COVID for Omicron. Um, and so now I think everybody now knows somebody that has tested positive with this. This just goes to show what we've been talking about all this entire week. The breakthrough infections are going to be incredibly high here, even if you're vaccinated. 
it's pretty clear that this uh, th- this sucker can evade these vaccines in a way I think that even uh, Delta couldn't. Although, again, it, it, worth repeating, it, everybody, because I've heard the same thing. I, I know several people now who have tested positive, um, it, but everyone is either asymptomatic or they've got like a headache. So, right, right, right. It's small. Uh, it's the, mild. It's mild. It, it, it really does seem to be mild. And again, I know that it feel there is that sort of sense, especially in New York right now, that we're like back to where we were. But we're really not right. We've got the vaccines. We've got, you know, much 90, better testing vaccinated yeah so I, I hope that everybody can just sort of um, you know keep, keep a little bit of perspective but yeah 8300 uh, positives in New York City yesterday that's the most ever um, though again in the beginning we, we didn't really have any idea what the actual caseload was because there was no testing um, I think that uh, you know basically if you were out and about in the New York City area last weekend you probably have COVID and should yeah, be tested yeah true I'm, uh, yeah good point but but all the all the more reason why rapid tests are so crucial right now, and um, again all the more reason why it was just so offensive when uh, the press secretary Jen Psaki said last week, you know, she scoffed at that idea of sending them out to, for free to all Americans. You know, I was trying to get my hands on some, so I I, I found a few on Amazon. It's like fifty bucks for four. Oh yeah, of them. no, now they're now they're price gouging those things online That's because now how... everybody knows that they need them. It's like, and I I guess the Biden administration's answer to that is like, oh, well, you can get them, you know, reimbursed by your insurer. It's like, do you think that that's what I want to do this weekend is call (laughs) Blue Cross, Blue Shield and have to figure out. Yeah, I had to figure out how to submit my freaking, uh, you know, rapid test for to get my $50 back. I'm not doing that. Get out of here. It's ridiculous. Okay, so the the thing I would I would say here is if New York City, if New York City in particular has a 90% vaccination rate and we're seeing the amount of COVID cases uh, in, in a place that's 90% vaccinated, you do have to be incredibly concerned as this virus continues to trickle through the rest of the country to other places that are not as highly vaccinated as New York City. So that is definitely something that has to be concerning here. The other thing I would say, um, as we mentioned, again, most of these cases are, are that you're getting are mild. You're basically having, uh, you know, you know, a couple small symptoms to it. Nothing is your the hospitalizations, I guess is what I'm trying to say, are incredibly low in New York City. So that is actually good. The hospitals are not overstressed. So it does continue to show that the vaccines are at least proving effective in that sense of the of the word. Right, right. Uh, all right. And but speaking of the vaccines, this was a very big st- uh, story coming out yesterday. The CDC recommending the Pfizer and the Moderna vaccines over the Johnson and Johnson shot. That is very important. They're citing new evidence now that they got that the Johnson and Johnson shot can trigger a rare blood clot disorder. Apparently more information they've learned about this than they had in the past. Now the Johnson and Johnson vaccine will remain in the market, but the vaccine providers are being discouraged from getting uh, from giving it. Uh, only about 16 million Americans got the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. Uh, doctors are saying, look, if you got the vaccine you're and you have uh, and it's been over like five or six months. Don't worry, you're fine. Get your booster shot of Pfizer or Moderna. You don't have to worry about having any sort of late-term side effects from Johnson & Johnson. The, from the research that they found, it was basically within like the first uh, couple days, like six to 10 days, they were seeing blood clots in women, particularly women under the age of 50, uh, early on after they had just gotten the vaccine. So again, if you are one of the 16 million people that have received the Johnson & Johnson vaccine, do not be alarmed by this news, but they are saying if you haven't gotten a booster, get a booster of Pfizer or Moderna. Yeah. Dave Chappelle had a funny joke about the J&J shot that I can't remember now. Um, but uh, 
what was I going to say? Yeah, I think that, the, you know, this is a, what a mess, right? I, it's just this is going to give more ammo, I think, to the people out there who are saying like, hey, these vaccines were rushed out with before we really knew uh, what they could do. Um, but of course, you know, like we say all the time, right, there is some amount of there's some level of risk uh, to everything. And uh, this is an example of that. Also, I just want to mention, because I, I mentioned it a minute ago, uh, the data out of South Africa really does look like oh, this Omicron wave you. is uh, has already peaked or at least is close to peaking. It's too soon to know for sure. But that's very good news. And it's just more evidence that this thing is probably going to burn really hot and really fast. And that's uh, that that would be good if that's the case. Um, you, you know, get it over with. Right. Especially because the indications we had been getting from doctors yesterday was maybe we might get two waves here. Maybe basically this wave here in the winter part and then maybe another subsequent one in the spring. And that still potentially could be on the horizon. We have to watch what happens maybe if there's an uptick in cases again in South Africa or an uptick in cases uh, in uh, the UK and other places in Europe. But you're absolutely right. It looks like this is going to be a fast, heavy burn at the beginning and then basically will tail off. But, you know, again, you have to be incredibly worried out there for those who are not vaccinated and boosted with how much that this is spreading right now. Carla, let's talk about let's talk about Washington here. Democrats appear unlikely to pass President Biden's Build Back Better bill before the end of the year. That's because Senator Joe Manchin, whose vote is needed to pass literally anything, remains in opposition to signature parts of the legislation. Talks between Manchin and Biden this week have reportedly not been going well, as the senator from West Virginia has expressed concerns about making the child tax credit permanent, among with other aspects of the $2 trillion bill. Uh, we should note popular provisions in the Build Back Better bill, not just the child tax credit, but paid family leave. Uh, those, all those provisions have been stripped out by Joe Manchin because he doesn't like, uh, he doesn't like that part of the bill. Uh, and it was interesting if you sort of read the tea leaves through Joe Biden's statement yesterday, where he basically said that, look, we're negotiating with, with Joe Manchin. We're going to continue to no negotiate with Joe Manchin. But observers noticed that Biden did not put a date on when he thinks things might materialize with Joe Biden, as in previously, Democrats had hoped to get this done Manchin. before Christmas. Yeah. Yeah, I'd, I'd hope to get this done before Christmas. Now a lot of people are thinking maybe it's gonna be January. Now at this point, Joe Biden basically taking the date off of the calendar here. Who even knows at this point how long this is gonna go? And this is the reason when you have a deadlock, 50-50 Senate, votes like Joe Manchin, they basically control everything now at this point. He really should have been time person of the year, just in terms, that know, was a, right? uh, in terms of just influential. I mean, God, what a year that guy had, right? Yes. Uh, just back to the, back to the t uh, child tax credit, unless an agreement is reached to extend that, that the last drop of those payments to families was sent out um, this week. So that is essentially back to being uh, over unless they can figure out a way to extend it. I, I don't understand why Democrats don't just ask, jo put Joe Manchin in a room and be like, what do you want? And then just give it to them, right? They they don't have any leverage here. There's you know there's this argument out there that like oh the de the the progressives uh, were right in saying that you know we, they should have held held the infrastructure bill hostage until they could get this bill, but they, they didn't have any leverage to do that. They wouldn't have gotten either of these bills. Um, so That's think, what Manchin you know, was saying really... from the get go, though. That's basically what Manchin was saying at the beginning. Like why hold up the bipartisan infrastructure bill when really I'm going to drag my feet and keep this going as right. long as possible. This is the other thing that I think has Democrats and even Joe Biden exasperated with this is it seems. Seems like Manchin has confirmed to them he's okay with the price tag of the bill. He's okay at the $1.7 trillion that's going to be spent here. It's just, it seems like where the the money is being allocated seems to be the hangup on a lot of this. Yeah. Um, and so, and where it's going. And, and and so for a lot of us who are watching this, that seems like that's kind of mild, you know, small semantics here, because it's like, if you've already agreed on the price tag, you know, what's, you know, right. what's, what's the rest of this? But to Joe Manchin, clearly this is a very big deal.
Meanwhile, the uh, you know the annual defense bill sailed through Congress yes, sailed, this week, sailed. even though even though the first year, the first year in twenty years that we're not even at war, uh, and nobody even had a nobody even bothered to be like, well, maybe we could cut money from our defense allocations and put it into the country. It doesn't even it doesn't work like that. Well, right? Nobody I, cares about it. The problem with that is because Trump added so much more money to the defense, uh, the Defense Department over his four years in president as a president, and and it's a really sort of bad political. Uh, yeah, you can't cut. You can't right. cut. You know, the Defense Department because Republicans would hammer you over something like that. Um, All the more reason why Biden could be the guy to do that, though, because he does, uh, he's he's the most based president we have. He doesn't care, as we've seen with Afghanistan. True. Um, also, just what one thing on. Um, on, on Biden's sort of like faltering agenda. This, we didn't really cover this in a while, but student loan cancellation, which was one of his big uh, platforms, is appears to be completely DOA. I think Saki said this week that uh, they're not even, it's not even like That'd really like on worse. the table. At, uh, yeah, it's not really on the table anymore. Those loans are going to start um, to to be back. You're going to have to start paying those loans again, as you said, in a few weeks. Um, first, and yeah, it seems yeah. like, yeah, it seems like the White House is really trying to, I guess, protect its right flank on this. Um, but the worry is that it's going to have the effect of turning off a lot of younger voters whom he desperately needs uh, if he has any chance of being reelected, right, given that he made a campaign promise to cancel at least $10,000 of student loans. And I think you can make a strong case that he never should have made that promise. And I think there's, pl there's, there's a good argument that the student loan cancellation, uh, you know, the moral hazard involved in that is, is significant. But he did make the promise. Uh, and now he's going back on it. And this is why, you know, especially younger voters, you do that and they're just going to be like, why do I bother voting if you don't even do the, the, the one thing that I voted for you on? Uh, student loan payment and then most of the provisions in the Build Back Better bill all being held up as well. All things that Joe Biden campaigned on and most of the Democrats in the in the 2020 primary also campaigned on. So you're absolutely right. If none of that materializes, you mm -hmm. know, people who voted for Joe Biden, especially progressive voters, would probably say, why did I vote for you when right. nothing is happening here? Uh, let's talk about Elizabeth Holmes. Closing arguments now underway in the federal fraud trial of Elizabeth Holmes. And the jury could get the case as soon as today. Prosecutors finished up their case by arguing that the Theranos founder chose fraud over business failure. While the defense is in the process of making their final case, saying that Elizabeth Holmes didn't have any intent to defraud anyone. It's sort of amazing that fortune cover that, that had her on the cover a long time ago, sort of saying that she was sort of the next... Steve yeah. Jobs, Mark Zuckerberg, that almost in many ways could be the thing that sends her to jail here. Do you ever read that article? It's no, so I never read it. I never read it. I it's mean, like, I just know about it because it's very like yeah. you know synonymous with her it, success. It's just like it's like the perfect example of like the worst parts of access journalism. It's like so fawning. Baker, just staying on uh, trial watch here, the defense in the federal sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell has uh, started presenting its case to the jury, arguing that she was merely an employee of Jeffrey Epstein and that she's being made into a scapegoat by the government. Uh, Ghislaine's defense kicked off after the prosecution displayed uh, dozens of photos of her in these sort of like intimate poses with Jeffrey Epstein. They say, of course, that those prove that she was more um, than just his assistant. Yeah, I saw those photos in the New York Times, photos with her, Epstein, a dog in her lap, all of that. Uh, really interesting. Uh, let's let's move to Hollywood, Carlo. Uh, big news here. Chris Knopf, Mr. Big uh, from Sex in the City, has been accused of sexual assault by two women who alleged that he raped them more than a decade apart. The unidentified women went public in The Hollywood Reporter separately, saying that his involvement on the new Sex in the City reboot made them come forward. And Knopf has denied the allegations, calling them consensual encounters. But uh, one thing I thought was interesting in The Hollywood Reporter piece, The Hollywood Reporter 
providing the receipts here. They have text messages um, that they were able to see from uh, one of the one of the accusers and Chris Noth uh, talking about their encounter that they had the night before. They also uh, confirmed that Chris Noth had uh, been flirting with one of the women from one of the women's bosses. So at least the Hollywood Reporter at least doing the backup work on this. Yeah, uh, I, I saw the Peloton auction. Oh, yeah, Peloton that, pulled uh, they, the ad, they, too. They yeah. got rid of that. They pulled that ad uh, because of this. Also, this is sort of separate but related, I guess. Not really related, but kind of related. Jeff Garland uh, was just uh, fired off the ABC sitcom yeah, The Goldbergs. News. After an HR investigation that stemmed from multiple complaints about that actor's onset behavior, both verbal and physical, uh, Garland, if you're a Curb Your Enthusiasm fan, he is Jeff. He's Larry's manager on that show. Hilarious. Uh, he recently addressed rumors about his conduct that reportedly made staffers uncomfortable, saying he has, quote, never, never physically come at anyone. End quote. So uh, this is not similar to, you know, this, this is there's no sexual misconduct allegation here, just just for the record. Yeah. And Jeff Garland saying in an interview with Vanity Fair, I think Vanity Fair was the one that broke that story about a month or so ago about his onset behavior. Uh, he sort of already indicated to them that he likely was going to be leaving the show. But this is this is specific to just the Goldberg. So if you are a fan of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I did watch one of the most recent episodes last night, uh, he's still, <laughs> it was funny. Yes, he still will stay on uh, uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. Uh, finally, the shipping industry is about to test a new way to move large vessels across the ocean, and they're using the power of wind here, Carlo. The Villa de Bordeaux, uh, this cargo ship, is planning to unfurl a giant 5,400-square-foot kite next month, and the hope is, is this will help cut emissions. This is it drags the ship across the Atlantic. Now, the kite is called Sea Wing, and the developer is saying that an even bigger parafoil could reduce fuel consumption by 20% uh, per ship, this is pretty cool. Uh, pretty cool stuff here, Carlo. Wind powering a boat, man. Who would have thunk, right? Get out of here. No, seriously though, it's uh, this is very cool. I, I always like putting these stories in because, um, you know, they just it, it, we're in the middle. We're in the beginning of this real uh, transition in terms of just fossil fuels. And I like to really highlight any time that, uh, you know, we're seeing real innovations in that space. And remember, of course, the guiding, our guiding climate change principle, right? Anything that emits carbon needs to be replaced with something that doesn't. So a giant container ship that's just burning oil, uh, if that can even be partially replaced by using the power of wind, that could really go a long way in helping to reduce carbon emissions in in that uh, that industry. There's a lot of innovation happening in that space, as I think the shipping industry, one of many that's just realizing that they have got to start uh, this this process of decarbonization. I recently uh, read this book called Ministry of the Future. I don't know. I think I mentioned it on this podcast a while back. Um, it's sort of like a sci-fi book, but it talks about, it, it, it paints this picture of a near future where we're all flying in dirigibles and, and sailing in these sort of like solar and wind powered ships. It's really, uh, really kind of cool. Um, I was reading yesterday in the New York Times, there's a big political fight happening right here in New York City. Uh, uh, local officials trying to get rid of, in terms of new buildings that are being constructed here. Uh, oh yeah. Um, any sort of gas stoves that are in, in houses now trying to go fully electric to basically mimic what, what's happening in California, what, uh, Washington and others. I didn't know this, close to 15%, I think it's 13 to 15% of all carbon emissions come from the house, from you, from gas-powered mm -hmm. stoves, your, your, uh, your laundry, all of that sort of stuff. So I thought that was really interesting. I, I, the gas-powered stove thing. I mean, I guess induction. I get is supposed to be really good. I, I don't ha know know anybody who has an induction stove, but I think people who have transitioned to induction heat say that it's really uh, quite good and much better than electric stoves. Um, so you know, if you you have to have something that replaces uh, something like a gas stove to make it worth making the change, right? Absolutely. As opposed to like the 
as opposed to like what you see with like the straw bands, right? Where it's like, right, okay, true. we're going to replace true. plastic straws with paper true. straws, but pl paper straws do not work the at all. The moment you sip them, it's over. Uh, uh, yeah. Okay, uh, let's do a little quick more to know before we go, Baker. Big news here. All 17 members of the U.S. missionary group that were being held hostage in Haiti since October. Thankfully, Carlo, good news here have been released. Five of the missionaries have been freed, and their charity says that the other 12 are now back in the U.S. Uh, reunited with their loved ones. The group, which included children, was comprised of 16 Americans and one Canadian. Uh, no word on um, the terms of that release, uh, though. I think there are reports that uh, we did pay some amount of ransom for them. Uh, meanwhile, uh, the FDA is going to now allow patients to receive abortion pills by mail without having to see a doctor in person. Uh, this is a big change here. The government permanently lifting those in-person restrictions on this pill known as uh, Mifepristone. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. I guess I should have checked. Anyway, that pill can be taken within 10 weeks uh, of uh, gestation to end a pregnancy. The decision is still subject to state laws, and I think at least 19 states require a health care provider to be physically present when dispensing the drug. But in other states, you will now be able to get it via, uh, you know, the phone with a, uh, a phone prescription or telemedicine. And this, of course, coming as the, um, you know, the entire issue of abortion is up for grabs uh, at the Supreme Court. Yeah, very good point. Meanwhile, Harvard killing the SAT and the ACT, at least temporarily. The school will extend a policy, though, make standardized testing optional for graduating classes through 2030. This is a huge symbolic shift away from standardized testing in higher education, which critics say does not accurately reflect a child's true ability. Uh, as somebody who had to take the SAT and the ACT multiple times um, hey, when I was like, applying to college, uh, this would have been news I would have loved to have heard back when I was in high school. This is one of those issues that I've completely uh, done a 180 on. In the you know years ago, I think on this very podcast, I, I was talking about how I much how much I personally hated the SAT and mm -hmm. welcomed uh, it being you know this push to remove them. And actually, the more I've read about it, and the more research I've done about it, I disagree. And I think that um, the, you know the SATs are actually one of the few things that we have that that's that are really an example of kind of colorblind. Um, you know, uh, processes uh, that give everybody a fair shot. They're really like a uniform way of uh, assessing somebody's ability. And I don't, uh, I don't agree with this, uh, this move to, to ban them. But this is something that we should, uh, we should talk more about in the future. I'll put a, I'll put a little uh, earmark in that. And uh, also here, the federal judge just rejected the giant settlement between Purdue Pharma and dozens of state and local governments over that company's role in the opioid epidemic. The judge ruling that Purdue cannot be protected from lawsuits in return for a $4.5 billion payment. Purdue says they will appeal this ruling. All right. Meanwhile, Santa Fe police have obtained a search warrant for Alec Baldwin's phone that is part of the investigation into the shooting death of the cinematographer Helena Hutchins on the set of Rust. Now, Baldwin's lawyers say they requested a formal warrant for the phone before he handed it over to investigators that in order to protect his privacy, Carlo. Not good news for old Alec there. No, uh, OK, no. let's do a little love, hate, eight before we go bigger. I shall begin. One thing that we love, the comments section on YouTube videos. <laughs> now, I've done a complete 180 on this. It's, YouTube was usually known as like the worst place on the internet, like the comments at least. Yes, true. Um, but I don't know if you've actually spent any time on YouTube really like diving into the comments lately. It's actually become one of like the funniest and often touching platforms of expression on the internet uh, and one of my favorite things to do is read the comments on pretty much any old music video that you're watching like any sort of That's piece of like idea. nostalgic culture uh, because you get all of these folks who comment about how this song 
or this movie clip or whatever, but usually it's songs, was so meaningful to them back in the day for oh, whatever that's reason. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it's really touching. You get people talking about like, oh, I met my wife when this song was playing. Uh, this was my son's favorite song as a baby. It's like really heartwarming. Um, I just recommend, you know, go go there, Google some old song you like, read the comments. It'll make you feel better about the world. That's what I love so much about music in particular, Carla, because it, it makes you, maybe next to food, but it makes you remember so many things about where you first heard it, all those yeah. big moments in your life. Uh, one thing we hate, and this is totally up my alley, the dialogue in movies has gotten so hard to understand. You basically oh, have terrible. to have you have to have closed captioning on all the time. I mean, now my life at 37, I'm, I have closed captioning on for Succession and The Bachelorette. Yeah. So <laughs> it's basically <laughs> running the gambit of every sort of genre now. And you know what it is? It's not just TV. It's in the when you go to the actual movies, you also can't understand it. No. Like I don't know if anybody saw that Chris Nolan movie last year, Tenet. You, I couldn't understand a word that they were saying in that film. Uh, and I think that so I think that what it is is really like an artistic choice uh, by some of these directors or well, actors, I guess, to just kind of mumble their lines. And you, what's interesting is I think I've appreciated with international movies or like Squid Game, all these things when they have subtitles on things. You know, I, I think I started to appreciate subtitles and captioning more. So maybe you and I have a business a business venture where we start a theater, <laughs> but it's only playing things with closed captioning on it. It's all movies are also way too dark. I don't know if that's a, uh, the same issue here, but everything is too. I can't see and I can't hear. Maybe I'm just becoming sucks, like an old man. Uh, yeah, maybe it's my fault. Okay, finally, uh, one thing that we ate. Speaking of movies here, I kept this one in my back pocket from when I went to see James Bond the last time I was in a movie theater. Probably the last time I will be for a while. Um, I discovered the holy grail of soda alchemy, courtesy of those uh, Coke freestyle machines they have at the oh, theater. Those are you know awesome. The ones I, I love those. So this is what I discovered. Two parts vanilla Coke, okay. one part orange Coke, lots Ooh. of ice. It's like a uh, it's like a creamsicle. It's like a liquid creamsicle. It's delicious. Oh. Um, they, they have all those flavors that you can't really get yeah, anywhere so else. True. It's amazing. Yeah, the Coke freestyle machine really doesn't get enough credit as, it a, as a great American innovation. Right? What other country would come up with a soda machine that can deliver an infinite number of beverages With to you? lime, you can put cherry, you can put anything. And honestly, yeah. there is no better drug in my life than a Diet Coke, especially a fountain Diet Coke. There's literally nothing better in the world. I feel like it'd be so baller to have one of those in your house, right? Oh, Although I have a friend that is installing one in his house. And literally, really? I'm only going to go to his house now because of that fountain Diet Coke machine. That's a major power move. Okay, guys, that's what you need to know for Friday, December 17th. Have a great weekend. Be careful out there, and we'll see you next week.